Hello and welcome to the Be Elite Isn't Fat Anymore podcast. On this episode, we share our thoughts on the opening week of NBA action, as well as some exciting news segments. All that and more coming up next. James catches, puts up the three, long go, rebound box, back out to Allen, his three-pointer, Alright guys, episode four. How's your week been going? Yeah, pretty good, mate. Haven't done too much. Pretty keen to get out of lockdown. Um, had a big night on Saturday, so still recovering from that. What yep. about you guys? Yeah, Ricky there. We all had a three and D sesh on Saturday night. Doe came off second best. That's he said lightly. Um, but I finished exams last week, so kind of all coming together, getting out of lockdown. So can you just give it a good crack? Yeah, it's just been very good to socialise on the weekend, catch up with mates and family that I haven't seen for a while. It's good to have our lives back. Heard you were in the gym tonight, correct, getting those gains. Yep, <laughs> pumping iron, getting ready for Friday night when right. we can get back in there. I don't getting know if I'd call pass squad. out at 8.30 seeing your mates though, though. That's a bit... <laughs> that's uh, a bit... Um... Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, like, like I said before, my um, intercostal muscles are still getting themselves <laughs> back to normal. Just getting your piss Thanks. fitness back. Copped a battering on Sunday night, yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you win the quaddy. It just gets out of control. Start to yeah. celebrate a bit too hard. Yeah. All right, so a week at NBA under the belt. Um, anything that sort of surprised us or all going to plan? What do you guys think? It was really good basketball, to be honest. I think the new rules have actually helped out a lot. It's sped the game up and... Um, like, obviously, you've seen players like Harden struggle a bit scoring the ball because he's not getting as many easy calls, which I think is just good for basketball. It sort of evens mm. the playing field out a bit. What do you guys reckon? Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a good week, I reckon. Um, it was good to watch basketball sort of get back and just kind of straight back into it. A lot of teams sort of, you know, playing like they haven't missed a beat. Obviously, some players struggling and, you know, Mavs not doing as well as they projected and Wolves doing a lot better than what people projected, as we said, circa episode one. Doe, what do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I'm just a, um, I'm like a sporting, I'm a bit of a purist and so good to see stadiums full again, people yeah. going nuts on mm. big highlight plays and because they're, when you look back at um, big moments, like part of what you remember about them is the noise the crowd makes and we've got that again and so the basketball was awesome. It was so good to have the crowds back and yeah. just the world getting back to normal. Just brings a tear to the eye, to be honest. I absolutely live for um, MSG just going nuts when the Knicks are playing. Yeah. So double OT game in their first game of the season against, you know, a division rival of Celtics was unreal. Yeah, yeah. that was a great game. And I reckon... Rondo bloody waiting a fake an air gun at a yeah, Lakers fan. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Two games in the Lakers are just don't get that. <laughs> and uh, apparently the guy whacked him like on the yeah, hand. Yeah, he did. So he got ejected. Did, yeah. I assume he said something, but still pretty cooked that someone's putting a gun in your face. Obviously, you're going to smack your hands out the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that's good. I reckon um I reckon players and teams are way fresher with a longer break as well. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just uh, it's way quicker and like 
you can tell that everyone was itching to get out and play again, which yeah. is good to see. And I like that made preseason a bit longer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, last year was real bad for health because of just how yeah. you know rushed into the season it was. But um, yeah, everyone seems pretty well rested. And then like, yeah, longer season, hard um training camps in the year. My players are looking proper ready to go again, which is like back to sort of what it was before COVID started coming in. Yeah. All right. Um, We'll get into our first segment of the show. This one I'll be taking. So every week of the NBA, I'm going to be doing a Nugs team of the week. So this can be, in some weeks it might be the best five players in terms of stats, but a lot of the time it'll be the players that impact winning the most, the players that might have like an outlier week where they average 10 higher points per game, just whatever I see fit. It's not, it's not a hard criteria. Um, but yeah, so first week, obviously we've only got two or three games per person and a lot of these numbers can be pretty inflated, but we'll get straight into it. So I've got two guards, two forwards and a center. It'll be the same sort of format every week in that regard. The first guard I've got is Steph Curry. Obviously, he's been um, pretty publicizing how good he's been this week. His averages were 31 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, and 2.3 steals. And his percentages were 44% from the field, 39 from three, and 95 from the free throw line. Um, the percentages were a bit down due to a poor shooting first game, but still managed to get a triple-double and a massive win. Um, he was pretty cut up about that game. I, I saw in the interview he wasn't happy with himself and says a lot about him considering he still had like a 20-point triple-double. Yeah. Um, his numbers are insane and it looks like like if the season ended today, he'd definitely win the MVP. Yeah, I feel like Steph's going to be like a frequent entrant into your team of the week. Just mm. it's rare, that, especially while Clay's out, that he's ever going to have like bad stats. And like you said, mm. when he does, he's going to beat himself off about like the Lakers game, but then still pull through, get the team a win, get a triple double as well. It's just unreal. Yeah, the Warriors look really good again. I'm already eating my words on what I said about them in <laughs> our previous pods. What about Nemanja? <laughs> he's, yeah. um, he's, he's, a, no, I'm, I'm just not going to talk about him. I just I'd rather not. <laughs> All right. For our second guard, we had CJ McCollum. So he, he also averaged 31 points a game with four and a half rebounds, three assists, with also two steals and two blocks, which is massive. Um, he shot 56% from the field, 55 from the three, and hasn't missed a free throw yet. Um, obviously, Dame's been pretty slow to start the year, and CJ is carrying them. Um, I reckon if he had a slightly slower start, Portland would be everywhere telling them to trade Dame for a packet of chips. Mm. But he is um, fighting that away very well. And as someone who's known for the opposite of defense, averaging two steals and two blocks to start the season is a big step forward for him. What do you guys reckon? Yes, he just been great. Managed to catch each of the Portland games. And even though we played shit as a team in the um, season opener, CJ was just there to pick up the slack. And it's hard to go past him. Um, for that second spot because he's just so so crafty as we all know but he was just able to come through with bucket after bucket in the Phoenix game like he didn't even play the fourth quarter well he played like the start of the fourth quarter be like it was barely touching the ball and he was just draining he just come down off the pull up just he was playing like Dane virtually so it was great to see yeah this is the sort of stuff we saw from him early last year before he got hurt I think it's like a, I'm not sure he'll average 31 for the year but I think somewhere around these sorts of numbers are um sustainable for CJ. Yeah. 
because even Dame's usage is still up, even though he's playing bad. So, yeah. so just getting those looks and he's playing exactly like he was before he got injured last year. So it's all about just sort of yeah, sticking it's just to that. efficiency. Yeah. What do you reckon, Doe? Uh, yeah. I don't have too much to add. I watched the second of um, Portland play, but his, yeah, like, his numbers bus. look good and he's, he's got to add some good ass highlights and stuff. So he, um, yeah, like you were saying about how if he'd started slow, everyone would be crying for him to get traded. Um, he's sort of sticking it up them and, yeah, I hope he starts letting people know on Twitter as well because he yeah. has some good all-time tweets. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, one of the great Twitter pages. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for our first forward spot, I had Paul George. His averages were 35 points per game, 10.5 boards, 5 assists, and 1.5 steals. His percentages were 56% from the field, 44 from three. And surprisingly, he hasn't shot a free throw yet, which is weird for... PG. But anyway, he's carrying the Clippers. Obviously, they have looked average at times and good at times. It really changes every five minutes with the Clippers. But um, we, I think we sort of could have expected the 35 points a game, considering he's one of the only scorers on the team. But the 10.5 boards and five assists is what um, mm. put him in here for me. And um, I think Cret outlined it in our first episode, but he's looking pretty good for an MVP chance this season. Yeah, it's, it's, I literally get horny watching Paul George play basketball because <laughs> he's just so silky smooth. He's like exactly kind of like CJ, but he can just play defense as well. Yeah, his, his jumper is probably one of the best jumps I've ever seen as well, second and mellow. So, mm. um, yeah, but yeah, it was just great to see him dominating. And yeah, like the only scoring option, he's managing to come through. And then, like you said, in the first season, with back with that trainer that he had in his MVP caliber season in Thunder. Expect more of that from PG Eric and he'll keep it up throughout the year. Yeah. yeah. It's he needs to play to that level the Clippers to be competitive. And so far he is. And yeah, he's just it's awesome to see him back because he's a seems like a pretty good guy as well. So and he's one that seems like he can get stuck in his own head sometimes. So yeah. it's yeah, good to good sure. to see him thriving and hopefully he can go on with it. Cause he knows he, would, he has to be the man. So I think like back in the Indiana days, the last time that he was sort of the man and it was just him as the man, um, yeah. he really succeeded and put up crazy numbers. So it'd be awesome to see him get back to that this year. Yeah. Not to slander PG at all. I do love him. But while we're on the top of PG being a good bloke, he actually cheated on Doc Rivers' sister with a stripper and had a baby with her. <laughs> so now he married the stripper and has multiple kids with her. Okay. Well, that's a little uh, anecdote there. There goes that. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, idea I had of him. Yeah. the show. But he so. fishes, so he's coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For the second forward spot, I had one of my boys, Miles Bridges. Obviously, one of the best players in the league to watch. He's crazy athletically. Um, this week, he averaged 25 points per game, eight rebounds, two assists, a whopping 2.7 steals, and almost a block per game as well. His percentages were 54% from the field, 44% from three, and 94% from the free throw line. Um, he's had back-to-back 30-point games, has led the Hornets to 3-0 and second in the Eastern Conference. And for someone who is 6'6", um, playing at the power forward spot, he's shooting 60% from inside the arc, which I think is pretty crazy. What do you guys reckon? Yeah, I didn't even know about he had that many steals. That's pretty good for me because well I've known I've known him mostly for just being like scintillating on offense and um especially on that Hornets team with they're really exciting and fun to watch Mile Bridges is 
just as in that center of it as Mallow is. So to see him getting stats like that, I reckon he's definitely on the rise. Yeah. My favorite thing about Myers Bridges, what's the Hornets commentator play by play guy's name? Oh, I'm not sure his name. Uh, well, we all know that he's a nut job. He's a lady. And <laughs> anytime Myers Bridges does anything, he'll be like, Myers Bridges, how do you do? Yeah. <laughs> Bridges. Like, as soon as you say, this morning on the way to work, I was watching, uh, I wasn't watching my phone while I was driving, <laughs> but. Um, the Nets Hornets games happened to be on my car, and um, Bridges like drove through for an and one. And um, I think it's Eric something, yeah, Eric um, Collins. I think it is, yeah, Eric Collins. Yeah, and he's just like, My house, Bridges, <laughs> and yeah, he's a sick, he's a sick dog. And um, it's good to see him like rounding out his game a bit more because I think guys can get known for just being like when you're as athletic as him, you can sort of be known for just that. So it's great to see him expanding yeah. his game um, and being like the Hornets look really good. Massive shout out to the Hornets. Um, and yeah, yeah, we love the Hornets. We, yeah. We love the organizations Hornets are French. Yeah. Miles, if you, I know you're listening. So if you ever want to come on the show, just <laughs> shoot us a message. Give us a bell. And um, yeah. It's so good to see the Hornets being exciting again, because such a small market base and like, you know, Bobcats were one of the more boring teams, although we do love the podcast. But um, it is good to see them getting popular and they'll definitely get fans and it just makes watching their games way more fun. Yeah. All right. For the last spot, the centre spot, I had Carl Anthony Towns. Um, there was no way I was going a week without putting a Wolf in here because you know how much we love the Wolves. Um, he averaged 27.5 points, seven boards, two assists, one steal and two and a half blocks. I think the thing that sold it for me is he's shooting 60% from the field, 60% from three, and he hasn't missed a free throw. Obviously, he's led Minnesota to a 2-0 and start. He's scoring with elite efficiency, and he's only doing it in 29 minutes, which is at least five or more less than everyone else on the list. Um, two and a half blocks is a big improvement for Cat, And I think just with how hard Minnesota are playing on defense, I can actually see that continuing what do you guys reckon yeah i'm salivating over cat because i've got him on my fantasy team um and to see him just like racking up stats and he hasn't played over 30 minutes is unreal and it's kind of the chris finch effect like the Bulls are just playing like so much like fun and effort now cat like one of those guys that a few years ago people would have thought were like more mentally weak and stuff he's looking like especially after what happened to him last season it's looking like he's really enjoying playing basketball and that's all you can really ask for from your star big man yeah, yeah, it's awesome to see him healthy and um, awesome to see the table's sort of thriving and they're going to have bigger challenges than the games they've had so far. Um, but, yeah, they look really good. It's just so good to see him healthy and um, it's just like, good for the game when they've got dominant big men and he's sort of in, in that class of players who's sort of changing the way the game's played by what yeah. he can do and the skill set he has. So it's awesome to see him succeeding. And, yeah, I think... If you look at the centers this week, he's 100% the best one. Apart from Mobley, he's probably the best. But um, yeah. No, Definitely made the rookie team of the week. <laughs> yeah, Cat was yeah. slinging a three ball this week. It's good yeah. to see. Yeah. I had an honorable, honorable mention as well. That was Jar Morant. He had a very good week as well. I didn't bother writing his stats down, but basically all it came down to, I was watching the Grizzlies game today. If he'd hit that last free throw, he would have bumped CJ out, but unfortunately he didn't and they copped an L. Um, but yeah, I expect to see him here quite a few times throughout the season. Um, yeah, I love it, Nug. Love Tam away. Need, um, 
like on, on FIFA, how they used to have like the black cards, cards. The yeah. informed cards. Yeah, need some of them coming from Nug. But um, <laughs> what we're gonna do next? So every week we're gonna put a couple teams under the microscope, um, do a bit of a deep dive on them, and just sort of really talk about what's going on with those teams. It might be a team that's succeeding. It might be a team that's underachieving. Um, literally anything. We'll get through pretty much all the teams a couple of times through the year. But um, I think we all wanted to start off with talking about the Lakers. We've seen them all, set, all watched a couple of their games. Um, and we just wanted to talk about what's happening in LA. And my, my sort of view on them is that I think they will work things out. AD and LeBron both look insane. AD particularly looks like... He's um, back to what he was as his best. But my sort of worry with them is um, a lack of scoring coming off the bench um, and sort of a lack of ability to for the other guys to keep the sort of chains moving. But I think they will work it out. Um, that's sort of the Lakers in 30 seconds for me. Um, yeah. I like the Lakers as well. Um, I think I watched them today. I think towards the end of the game, they really started to figure it out. They sort of figured out how to um, use Westbrook a bit better. They got him doing some um, short rolling off some screens and stuff, which worked pretty well. I think he had 12 or 13 assists today, which I think will be his role. He's always going to have a few turnovers, but if he's handing out that many times, I think that's the best way they can use him. Um, I also think that they'll they'll hit their straps at the right time of the year. I think once they get Kendrick Nunn, Trevor Ariza, those sort of guys back, they'll have a bit more creation, which will make a big difference. Yeah, I mean, obviously, for a team as stacked with talent as the Lakers, it's a bit hard to sort of, you know, call it early for them because they've definitely got a lot left in the tank. I didn't really like how they were like, how they acted. Like LeBron had that one sequence where he blocked um, Cameron Johnson and then just didn't come down on offense for the entire play. And like, we've seen that before from LeBron. Like, he's done it when he's with the Lakers and like that season in 2020 when they didn't even make the playoffs. And, like, that sort of stuff you come to, like, see from Bron, like, towards the end of the season. So, I didn't like seeing that in game two, especially from the leader of the team. But then at the same time, the Lakers, I think it's only him, Davis, and then THT that are, like, the same players from last season. Like, they've re-upped and got a bunch of new players and they've got a bunch of old players that, with that championship squad. They've all gotten back, but it's kind of like, you sort of just, it's similar to, like, how the Bulls are. You've sort of just built a team, like, overnight and it might not... It might not pan out for him, but that's something that comes with 82 games of NBA basketball. So you sort of build chemistry over that time. So it's definitely not, um, not, it's definitely too early to call it on them for sure. But um, yeah, I just think that chemistry and bench death is some early issues for them. Yeah, I think that Phoenix game is sort of the cascade for a lot of people starting to get worried about them because against the Warriors, I like, I think that sort of hit a few of their issues because the Warriors, I think, were playing better than them the whole game. The Warriors just started hitting shots mm-hmm. um, sort of down the stretch and then were able to pull it out. But the like Suns game, they had that thing you mentioned about LeBron where he got the chase down and didn't bloody move. Um, the thing Rondo with the fan and then AD and Dwight on the bench nearly coming to blows. Um, yeah. So I think like things like that, they look bad, but in the scheme of things, they're not that bad. Uh, like it's something that's happening every game. It's something to worry about. But when you're like professional athletes getting frustrated, things are going to happen. I think so. Like I've seen some people who've like set off that that they'll be like battling for the eight seed and stuff. I think that's like it's yeah, a massive ridiculous. reaction. I think they're just a team of like old vets that they know they'll get their wins. They'll get themselves into 
probably home court advantage in the first round of playoffs and then um, sort of, I don't think we'll see the Lakers play at their best to the playoffs, to be honest. Yeah. I think they'll always be keeping something in the tank. Um, and I, yeah, don't think we need to get too stressed about them yet, to be honest. Even with the day, um, yeah, AD and Dwight thing, like, I don't know what they were arguing about, but from it was on, like Dwight, um, it was on like a rotation. Yeah, like, like exactly. Like, yeah. I was going to say, like, someone like Dwight, who's been in the league for so long, AD, who's coming up on, he's been in the league for 10 years. It's like, I can guarantee you it's about them just being fierce competitors and just clashing heads. Yeah. And like, exactly. if you're going to argue, that's what you want to be arguing about. You don't want to be like, oh, like just dumb stuff. Like, yeah, the LeBron thing was pretty whack, but the game was lost. But, and he, he knows he, he needs to be. He, does, he always does that. Yeah, he doesn't. Like, every now and then, it's, as a massive fan of it, it does piss me off. But then, even like Nug said, they need to figure out how to use Westbrook, which will come with time. Because, yeah. like, the Wizards did it as well. Like, last year, they started yeah. terribly with him. And then by the end of the year, they've gone on runs. With Westbrook, he's like a notorious slow starter. He did it with his first year in Houston as well. And then obviously Washington last year. And then I think we saw the back half of the year in Houston and the back half of last year were probably his two like most complete um, halves of the season in terms of play. Like obviously he won an MVP, but um, in terms of like impacting winning, those were his two best sort of um, times in how he played. And um, yeah, so... Cret, uh, we'd, everyone said what they want to say about Lakers before I yeah. move on. Yeah. So, Cred, um, he mentioned this team just before as a cheeky little segue, an Easter egg in there. But um, <laughs> the Bulls is the next team that we're going to um, just sort of dive into a bit. Um, and, yeah, so sort of my te- main take on the Bulls is that uh, they have three and zero, but don't get too excited because two of them are against a team. We're against a team that's going to win four games for the season. <laughs> um, and, yeah, that's sort of. New Orleans would be lucky to win that as well, at this rate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, with the Bulls, don't believe the hype. It pains me to sort of dump on an underdog team, but I just know that, like, accounts like SportsCenter and shit is going to blow them up because, you know, 3-0 and and they've added some star power. They've got Caruso. The yeah, and exactly. They've got big markets. So, it's like, yeah, they've got three wins. That first game against Detroit, they were hard to watch. I was watching that game and I almost had to turn it off because their offense just sucked. It was just give the ball to Levine, DeRozan or Lonzo and see if one of them can do something and then pass out with like five seconds on the shot clock or just run it straight at the rim and hope for the best. Like it was a terrible offense. It's such a Billy Donovan type of offense. The Oh, your turn, my turn. So yeah, don't believe the hype unless I get the gears cogging. I think they're heading straight to the plane. Yeah, I think with the Bulls, it's just got a, a play in loss written all over it. Um, like that, I think they do have a lot of talent and a lot of potential to be good. I just think when push comes to shove, they'll be one of the more easy beats in the Eastern Conference. One thing I do want to mention is Alex Caruso. Obviously, he gets a lot of um, hype on the socials, but he is averaging, let's have a look, three steals and one block a game, which is pretty good for someone who's 6'5", coming off the bench, 6'4", I think, actually. Um, he is closing games to them as well over Pat Williams, which is an interesting little tidbit about him. He's having a pretty good year, I think. Have you noticed, Snug, how much Cret hates Billy Donovan? Yeah, he do- he's not <laughs> a fan at all. I'm just not a fan, yeah. Um, I was kind of glad that Scotty Brooks came over to Portland, but he's like a scout or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm just not a huge fan of Billy Donovan. I don't like the way he runs the team. It was the same thing with the Thunder. Like, that's why, like, they had such good players like Westbrook and PG, but couldn't crack the eight. Well, they cracked, what, the third seed and then lost to Utah in the first round. Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree about the Bulls. I think they 
well, they might get to the playoffs or the play-in, but I don't think they're going to be good enough to. They're not. I don't think they're going to be versatile enough to. Yeah. Um, sort of when their team starts switching onto them and scheming just for them. Um, yeah, I don't think they're going to be good enough to. I like the crew show. Anyone. The crew show as well, but um, their well, bench apart from him and. I think it's literally just him that scores in double digits off their bench. Kobe like, White off the bench? Yeah, Kobe White, that's the other one. He's still he's, hurt, I think. Yeah, he, he'll be a threat when he comes back. But apart from that, their bench is pretty thin. And if they did manage to sneak into the playoffs, I can't see it winning the series. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, so that was a wrap-up of the Blowtorch. Next up on the agenda, I'm going to be picking a scrub of the week each week. So don't take the word scrub for what it really means. I'm not picking out someone that's the shittest player that week. We wouldn't do that to someone. I like it was, unless it was Michael Porter Jr. or something like that. But Luca. he actually could contend for the shittest player this week. He was terrible. But um, <laughs> uh, no, nah, so the scrub of the week would be like a, a role player that I've sort of gauged. They're not someone that's like confined to the bench, but they're, they're not someone that's even going to be a sniff of the All-Star game, I don't think. <clears throat> Just like someone that could be, a real dark horse, but has had a good week. But you know, by most NBA fan standards, shouldn't be playing by that like that. They should be playing a little bit worse. So this week's scrub of the week was none other than DeAnthony Melton. He's um getting great minutes with the Grizzlies this year, which I like to see. Um, he had 28 minutes just in this Lakers game just gone by, but that was a losing effort. Um, uh, even though he sort of has been shooting nuts this um. This week just gone by. He's shooting 12 of 19 from three, which is good for, I think, 63%. Yep, 63%. Sorry, don't have the great math in my head anymore. <laughs> but, um, yeah, points. He had 20 in the first game this week, 22 in the next one. He's a little bit um, dry this week, coming up 5 or 12 from the field. But I liked what I saw from him. I think he was like a dark horse for most improved, like a real dark horse. Um, but I think he's really found his feet in Memphis and will be like a um, frequent addition into that starting lineup. I think this is the only time in his career that he's started all the games that he's played so far, at least. So um, it's good to see that he's sort of rid himself of that bench role and he's a f- addition to the starting lineup. And yeah, with Jar Morant running things, it's kind of hard for him to get, go out there and get buckets, but I still feel like he could drop through and even give him night. And this week he proved that. Yeah, I think with Melton, we've seen that he's been capable of doing this for um, a good year or two now. Um, and for someone, I think he's only 6'2", for someone that small, he usually gets a steal or a block every game, which is which says a lot about him defensively. I think mm. um, he just impacts the game in lots of ways. And he's one of those players that stats don't always do the um, the talking. You watch him and he's just like he's everywhere. And when he's shooting well on top of it, it really... Um, turns him into a pretty pretty good kind of player. I am worried he'll lose his starting job once Brooks gets back, but yeah. personally, I don't think Brooks should even be touching the floor. Um, I am a fan Melton. of Dylan Brooks. Yeah, I, I like Brooks. He's, yeah. He shoots, every, hard, shoots hard. every time he touches it. He's like yeah, not the offensively, but he's a really good defender. No, he's all right. He's not yeah. the wave pool, though. No. No, I, I love Melton. I got to watch him when they played the Cavs, and Jar was obviously the difference in the game but um Melton was the next um difference just on he was like lights out I think he only missed like one or two shots for the whole game yeah. um and he was just yeah he was so like anytime he got a slither of space he just knocked it down 
and they sort of staggered his i don't know if they've been doing it since but they staggered his minutes a bit so that if jar was off he was on the court as well um and was able to score and i think even if he does lose the starting job i don't think it will impact him too much because then he just will slide into that six-man role um which he actually might be better suited to anyway when you play with such a high usage player like jar um yeah. and even having like jaron jackson on the court as well and yeah so it might suit him even better but yeah, yeah he's Great scrub. If they're, if they're staving his minutes with Jai as well, it probably means they want to get him some runs with the second unit too. And with yeah. Dakris' second unit, he can definitely go out there and still drop the same amount of points he's getting as a starter, given that he can sort of find 30 minutes a game or 25 plus at least. Yeah, Tyus Jones isn't taking shots away from him. Yeah, no. exactly. All right. So um, up next, we had... So we touched on this last week, but we are doing a let it ride. So... For anyone who might be new this week, it's basically we all put in a certain amount of money and we put it all on one thing every week. So last week we chose James Harden to get eight plus assists. Um, the fatty just limped to the win for us. He really has been quite shocking. I'm a bit embarrassed to say that he was my MVP call. We might turn it around, but anyway, this week we are backing the sons of the podcast, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're playing New Orleans at home again tomorrow, um, paying $1.38. And I don't know about you boys, but personally, I think the Pelicans are absolutely terrible. And, like, if they don't win by 10+, plus, that's basically a loss. Yeah, they look lifeless out there without Zion. And, like, Ingram's the main scoring option, but Ingram's even if Ingram's scoring, he sort of just gets empty scoring stats. He's not going to go out there and win you a game. Yeah. Yeah, I... I think it's actually going to be really cool, like a good test for the Timberwolves because I think the sign of a, a really good team isn't one that just gets wins. It's when they play bad teams, they like pound them. Um, yeah. And I think tomorrow is a really good chance for the T-Wolves to properly pull the Pelicans' pants down. The Pelicans are still working out how to score the ball. With um, They've got like that many new guys in there and they're, yeah, yeah. they're really struggling to even score um, yeah. the ball. Well, that last yeah, game against the Pelicans, like two days ago, the um, Bulls were only only shot um, 40% from the field. So I reckon if any team's going to work out their offensive woes first, it'll be the Bulls. For sure. Like Anthony Edwards definitely didn't help. Love Anthony Edwards. He's a big fan of the show, but he <laughs> loves to jack him. Yeah. yeah I remember when he hit that three and he told um, Stephen Silas to take a time out. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love that. He's got so much Have you ever listened him. to him speak in an interview? Yeah, God, he's fresh <laughs> out of the hood. Yeah, he's... <laughs> it's funny. I didn't he's like him at first when he came into um, the league because he was, like, saying he's a better rapper than Dame. And he's like, yeah, I'm like a little <laughs> baby. I don't know what Dame's talking about. <laughs> but I was like, just wrap it up. Dame's easily the best rapper. But, um, yeah, Patrick Beverly's out there with them now, so that helps. And then Naz Reed's born too, so I reckon Tim Bulls are a great shout. And they opened it at yeah. door 44, so they're coming in hot to the line. Yeah. yeah. Back it if you haven't. They won't lose. Yeah. Sorry if you listen to this on a Tuesday. <laughs> it's probably a bit late. <laughs> yeah, just back them on their next game over there playing. Back up, up nice and early. Throwing deep podcasts there every day on 8.30. Yeah, it pays, pays to listen as soon as we drop it. You get the best betting tips. <laughs> all right um i'm up next so next we're doing hashtag statless so get around it on the socials hashtag statless um so what statless is is i'm looking for a moment every week it's not not necessarily going to be the best statless moment because i don't have time to watch every game basketball 
Um, but it's going to be something that caught my eye. And statless moments are ones that don't show up in the block score. They might show up on some advanced metrics because they have metrics for literally anything. I'm sure if you wanted to find who is the best towel waver in the NBA, you probably could. But um, yeah, I'm looking for the best statless moments. So things that aren't scoring, things that aren't blocks, things that aren't assists. And there was one moment this week um, that really caught my eye like early in the week and I just loved it. There was three bits about the moment that I just loved. <laughs> so the Warriors, they're stunned. They're making their moves start the fourth quarter. Things are coming back. They've hit a couple of threes in a row. The vibe's good. And Damian Lee draws a corner three. I think I put them up by eight or something. Um, I'll post a video on the social so you can watch this moment but the three things i love about this moment is i think Bailey gets the ball at the top of the key and Otto porter jr and damian lee is standing next to each other in the corner so obviously they both can't keep standing there because then it makes it easier to defend so they both sort of start to move in and then Otto porter jr realizes that um he Bailey is coming like way too fast for him to cut so he can't cut so he makes himself useful Sets the off-ball screen. Lee cuts back to the corner. And the thing I loved most about the first bit of this was Otto Porter puts his hand up and he's young. Like you can almost see him on the TV screaming at Bailey to toss it to the corner. Mallow is out there lost. Old man doesn't, doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Lee hits the corner three. And then the bit I loved most about this, um, and this is what we love most in Statless, is getting around your teammates. Otto Porter Jr. just turns around with the double hands in the air. <laughs> pumps them up, gets the boys going. Um, and from then on, the Warriors never looked back. And I'm not saying it was the moment to turn the game, but I think it was a perfect reminiscent of the way, especially the Warriors are playing at the moment. They're playing for each other. The Otto Porter Jr. of old um, would have driven in, tried to get the pass and barely to. Instead, he made himself useful, got Lee a wide open corner three. Um, and yeah, they're the things we're looking out for on hashtag statless. So if you, um, if, you see anything like that feel free to send it in i'm a big fan of um anything so if you see guys diving on the floor for hustle stats if you see people on the bench waving their towers if you see some commentator say something outrageous anything that might help the energies of the team and the spirit of the team um is what we get around here in statless so some weeks it'll be insightful things like that and some weeks it's just going to be ridiculous things that um, you're going to think that i've yeah just something quickly on that I reckon Otto Porter's grandma might have some explaining to do. I don't know how his last name isn't Chamberlain. Like I, Dude, I'm just like convinced that image of yeah, yeah, I'm convinced that he's. Usually, <laughs> HD videos of Wilt um, that came yeah. out. Yeah, it's yeah, that would be pretty sick. Yeah. Wonder if Otto Porter's grandma was one of the 100. <laughs> had to be. No, she had to be. Yeah, just a lucky one. Spitting. We'll get her on the pod. We'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Otto Porter Jr. First yeah, I know he's listening hashtag right statless winner. So a proud moment. I'll send you your award in the mail. Take a while to get there though. <laughs> nothing I love more than like like Dose said with the statless moment. Nothing I love more than a sort of not really broken play, but like players sort of just like whipping a play up just straight away. Like yeah. Porter sort of not thinking of like, oh let me get to a spot and get open three, sort of thinking, let me screen for Lee. And then sort of direct traffic. And then even um, Nemanja just look, keeping the head up and seeing that. It's a good team play right there. The Warriors are definitely – I didn't really rate at the start of the year, but they're like sort of a lot of fun plays like that. Like it's easy to see why they've got a lot of fans. Yeah, they're, they're going to be good to watch. They're definitely a league pass team as well. Definitely. Like I sent it out the Hornets a couple weeks ago. It's always going to be fun to watch. All right, Joe, you got some rapid fire? I do have some rapid fire. So 
All I, um, if you guys want to explain the answers a bit more, you can, but rapid fire basically is just going to be a variety of questions. So that either be like yes, no questions, or they might be like, I say real or overreaction. Um, and I just say a statement and you say it's an overreaction or no, like that's real. Yeah. Um, and then there will just be a couple of questions that are one word answers. So um, first question is, will Ben Simmons play before Christmas? No. Uh, the jury's still out, but. I'll say yeah. Yeah. Uh, real so, or overreaction? Uh, the Pelicans will be a bottom three game. Real. Real. Zion's not coming back yeah. unless he loses 20 cakes. I was playing 2K and Super Mountain Dew and eating Doritos. <laughs> All right. Should the Suns have given Aiden a five-year Supermax? Yes. Yep. Or a five-year max. I yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. Yep. He's blossoming into a good young center. This one is interesting. Real or overreaction? If they did the 2021 draft again, Cade would not go number one. Real. Hmm. I think it's hard to pick because we haven't really seen him play. I'll say real just because okay. I think Mobley or Green could definitely get the head over him. I think I think Green, Mobley and Bonds will be better than him anyway. Yeah. Pistons aren't going to really draft Cade based on like immediate impact anyway because they're yeah. going to finish last. He's a floor raiser, not a ceiling raiser. I yeah, I feel like Whereas if they... the other three are ceiling raisers. Yeah. I feel like Killian Hayes is going to pan out for him either, so at least having Cade there is pretty good as a ball handler. Yeah. And the last one, if you were starting a team right now, who would you take, Mamala or Jar? I'd say Jar. Yeah, I'm going to have to go Jar. Only Love Mello. Jar's yeah. um, oozing with potential. I think he wa- he wants like he wants all the smoke as well, whereas Mello is happy to like get his highlights, yeah. play for fun and that sort That's of thing. True. Like I'm, I'm sure he'll develop into someone who can take the lead role, but at the moment, like Jar's only like 21 or something and he will go at anyone. Yeah, I love Mello, but Jar's just like built different. He's just got that sort of winning mentality and because he was like an underdog and just like sort of blew up heaps in college I think he's like not to shit on Mello at all but he's definitely a little bit more humble yeah no, love it what were your answers for those though uh, so I don't think Simmons will play before Christmas I don't think he'll play before I'll be surprised if he plays before All-Star Maury mm. said four uh, years yeah. four years <laughs> to get rid of him <laughs> I, I can't see any way that they trade him right now um, yeah because they're not going to get what he's worth. And he, like, I hope the bike's okay. It does not seem like he's in a good frame of mind. Yeah, I can't imagine yeah. he is. He's got a whole country against him, a whole city against him. It's yeah. rough. It does sound like things are on the mend, though, which is why I feel like he could turn around. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, like, I hope he does. I don't hate anyone enough that I hope their career is complete. Except, yeah. um, what, who's the guy? Carson Edwards. Despite him. <laughs> his career is already, already fizzled out. Yeah. Yeah, I hope Michael Porter uh, Jr. This career never pans out. Game and I'm going to... <laughs> um, I think the Pelicans will be competing with the Thunder for the wooden spoon. Yeah. Uh, the Suns definitely should have paid Aiden. I, I still think Cade would go number one if, he, if the Pistons will pick him first. I think it's as much as like Mobley and Scotty and stuff and Green today look amazing. I think. Um, too harsh on someone that they all the guys that um have watched him for the last four years all thought he was generational talent i think they mm. would still want him number one he'll 
just have to prove himself when he plays. Um, and I would take Jar as well over the Mallow. Good answers. We should definitely get a uh, redraft going sometime in a yeah, future redraft pod. pod. Yeah, be good. redrafts were good fun. It'd be an off-season job. Just yeah. do the Keep us busy. 10 drafts or something. Redrafts. <laughs> like it. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Right, so that wraps up the fourth episode of the 3 and podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we'll see you next week when week two of NBA is all wrapped up. Take care, guys. Get around the socials. Au